0: Hey, everybody that listens to Superhumans at Work, know that all of these episodes are recorded with a live studio audience. Mind Valley members get a chance to join these sessions with the author themselves while we record these sessions. And at the end of every show, they actually get to participate in a QA session as well. If ever you're interested in joining Mindvalley All Access and become a member yourself, you'll get access to all the incredible courses from Mindvalley and so much more to be involved with Superhumans at Work, the Mindvalley podcast, and all the other incredible features when you become a member. We are disrupting the way that education works for the 21st century, and we want you to be a part of it. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman so you can learn more about this incredible offer, which will cost you less than $2 a day. That's mindvalley.com com forward slash s u p e r h u m a n now let's get started with the show when you fall off track and get back on you
1: have a sense of pride that you can't take this and i have coined the kind of statement that i live by is what
0: you create creates you Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. The guest that I have today is an incredible individual, a good friend of mine, and a phenomenal speaker with a message that I know will make a deep impact into your life because I know applying these concepts has made a significant change in mine. Anthony Trucks is a coach, speaker, author, and former NFL player who's the CEO at Identity Shift. He works and inspires, teaches people to unlock their full potential and achieve success in happiness by teaching audiences how to turn Roblox into opportunities. This is really what we want to do today because 2020 might have been a year that feels like a lot of roadblocks came your way, but how can you look at that perspective, shift it a little and see the silver lining that this might be the springboard for your greatest achievements to come. He's working on his new book, which is going to be coming out in September. And we're going to go deeper on why is it that our identity is the key to unlocking the shifts that we want to make in our lives. Anthony Trucks, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to rock and roll, my man. Hopefully we can drop some gold
0: into people's ears and hit their heart and see what happens from there. That is definitely the plan. And I want to start with a bit of your story, because I know that you've had your own journey in shifting your identity because you went into the NFL. I know you had an upbringing that might not have been the easiest of the journeys, yet you use that to make you the man that you do today, where you inspire thousands. So I'd love to hear a bit more about your journey.
1: Yeah, man. So we'll, we'll give it what we used to call a reader's digest, if anybody remembers that back in the day. It's the, the smaller version. Uh, but yeah, man, grew up in in a crazy situation, I was given away at three years old in the foster care. So I endured a really heinous system and statistically not supposed to do well with that. Like in America, 75% of prison inmates are former foster kids, right? So the moment my mom gave me and my three siblings away, we were set up for some difficulty. Went through 11 years in the system, was eventually adopted by a really poor all-white family at 14, which is a really interesting dynamic of like, who am I? Like, am I the foster kid, the adopted kid, weird diversity issues. And and then was I able to get an opportunity to play football for the first time, which it's interesting. I sucked. I was really bad, man. I was not good at the game. And that's the journey we all go through. We try something. We're horrible at it. And after a couple of years of being bad, I checked out. But something, man, it was a catalyst at a moment to make me get a dig back into it. And I found a way to actually put the work in. to be great. and provided a lot of new opportunities and a lot of self-confidence. I eventually got blessed to get a college scholarship. So I played at the University of Oregon. I got my duck helmet back here. And in college, I explored a whole new, vast new identity. Right, My high school sweetheart came up to school with me, had a kid at 19 years old, which I don't recommend. Met my real dad at 20 years old. Fast forward a couple of years, I got out of college and I'm in this new situation of the NFL, professional football league. and one of the human beings that get an opportunity to play at that level. And I get into this world and the NFL stands for not for long. I got in, Third year, got hurt, came home, had to figure out who I was. I had a massive crisis, like an identity crisis of who am I without this thing. I went through a really weird journey. It's funny, Mind Valley was part of that journey. <laughs> like when I went to my bottoms, you met me when I was single. I had just came out of the NFL. I broke my life. I had a wife. I wasn't a very present husband. We had two more kids. So now I have a four year old, newborns, a wife who doesn't see me. I'm gone 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at this gym business I opened. And dude, man, it all went to crap, man. I got divorced, wasn't a good dad, was out of shape, didn't have football. Jim was looking at bankruptcy and just really, really dark bottom. And in the process of building it back up, I came across personal development and got to a moment where my mom passed away. It was April 15th, 2014. She passed away from MS, 17-year battle. And it was one of these moments trying to figure out my life. And in this moment of trying to figure out who am I, which is a big question we all have to ask. I realized I didn't really know who I was and I didn't understand why I wasn't having great success of all the books and programs I've been buying. And then I started realizing a lot of it comes down to who I am, my core humanity. And I had to find myself, literally, like we all here, go find yourself. I found myself, I think we went to Costa Rica. I think we went to Mexico, went to Greece. That was one of the different locations. I went to an a But man, I got to this point where I really landed in 2016 in a moment of really having this slap in the face of I didn't like who I was. I wasn't the guy that when I look back in the mirror, I ever want my daughter to be with. I didn't want my sons to be like me. I knew my mom wouldn't be proud of me. And I knew my God wouldn't let me into heaven. It was a moment of, I got to figure this out. And what it turned into was me realizing with all the information I had accessible to me, I wasn't applying it. I wasn't aspiring to be the right human with it. And I really had to make this massive shift inside at identity level. And when I did, I stopped addressing the symptoms and I started addressing the core problem. And when I did that, it all changed three years divorce, remarried my ex-wife. We have an amazing marriage now. I'm a present father. I'm in good shape. I have a great business that strives to impact lives and I do so. And so now I'm in this place where I really get to do some cool things, meet cool people like yourself and try to give back as many of these nuggets of my crazy life as I can to help other people avoid or fast track the stuff I experienced.
0: That. Is incredible. And I knew I wanted to give you that freedom to share the story because there's so many nuggets in what you shared. So thank you. If you haven't noticed people, there's going to be a lot of takeaways from this one, which one of them is understanding this core identity moment. And I want to go back to when you left the NFL, because I actually had a bit of this moment when I left as an employee of Valley, right? So I know when you left the NFL, you kind of have a large portion of your identity that's attached to your career. I know for me, when I was considering to leave Valley, I was, oh my God, like, who is Jason without Mind Valley? And I had a bit of anxiety come up. And I had to go through a process of understanding like, oh, what are the core things I have within me that I can still deliver value and still make an impact in people's lives? And I had to go through a deliberate exercise to be able to have that kind of detachment from my former identity. And I'd love to know what process did you go through or what are the key things you were able to take away when you had something that's so big as the NFL that defined a lot of your identity and how were you able to reconstruct that?
1: Oh man, this is, so this goes to the core of the work I do. And the reality is I kind of metaphorically explain it like this. So when we have this thing, we spend a lot of time building for me it was from the age of 14 on up. I was the apple, right? Like the fruit of our labor. Now, you get the fruit of your labor's mind value. For some, it's the career, it's the money, it's the body, it's the relationship. And when that fruit falls off the tree, we feel like this fruit, it falls off, hits the ground. And like any piece of fruit, it'll last for a little bit, right? Farmer can pick it up, take it to the market. I can buy it, take it to my house, but eventually it'll get rotten. And that happened for me, right? Football went to crap. And so what ends up happening is I spent a lot of my years feeling like a dead piece of fruit inside. And it wasn't until I got to that moment and I realized, My entire life and my entire situation post-football, I felt like this fruit and I didn't realize that I have never, we have never been the fruit. I've always been the tree. Then that realization and go back and go, oh, okay, the reason the rest of the fruit died is because I lost sight of the tree. I didn't have it in the right soil. I didn't give it the right nutrients. I didn't prune the branches. So the fruit of my marriage fell apart. The fruit of my parenting fell apart. My health, my business, it all fell off because I was focused on the wrong thing when I went back, a lot of it was like, all right, how do I take care of this tree? What soil and environment does it need to be around? What nutrients does it need so it can produce better fruit? And what's crazy is, yeah, football was a big fruit, but now when I look at it, I have produced even better, more abundant fruit in my life than I ever could have done in the football league. I wouldn't trade this that I do now for the NFL at any given moment. It sounds odd, Like I loved playing, don't get me wrong, but like I get to take my kids to school and I get to pick them up. I get to go in the house when I'm done with my work and like have an amazing wife that I love. I get to serve and I get to pour out and do something I love that people love that I do. There's nothing to compare to that. The idea is if someone's in a situation where you're having this experience and it's difficult, just realize that if you want to get to a point of joy quickly, realize that you're not busted. You're not that piece of fruit you're the tree. And if you go take care of that tree, it'll produce more and better fruit.
0: Wow. I love how tangible and how visual I can use this example to understand some of the things that I've struggled with because I've had my real estate identity. I had my mind value identity. I had a moment of also looking in the mirror and not being proud. So this is the second moment I want to walk to. Maybe this happened to me. For those who are more into astrology, I called it the Saturn's return, but hit 29 and I looked in the mirror and I was like, this is not the kind of guy I want to be. And I kind of went into this mode of being extremely disciplined, but using a sort of, I don't feel like it was the most sustainable energy. I don't know if it was guilt, it was shame. It was this idea of not being proud of who I was, but I used it as fuel to discipline me into shaping me into a new identity. And I'd be curious to know, is this part of the journey that needs to happen? A moment that you need to want to shift drastically and using that kind of way to shift it? Or Are there other ways that are more sustainable? Because I got good results and I got closer to my identity when I went through this very disciplined way of making a change. But I can't say it was the happiest moments of my life. It's brought me to where I am now, but it was a dark time. So I'd be curious to know how did your process work? Was it similar or... Yeah, to be honest, I think there's a couple ways to look at that. So one is out of neuroscience
1: and people who study habits will tell you it's hard to do something you don't enjoy doing. So you can operate from that place of darkness, but after a while, the more you're in that place, the more you feel that. I don't like that. I think part of it is there's an aspiration I have to have that makes me feel enjoyable while I'm doing this whole thing. And part of it is, I don't know that we actually find an identity. I think that we craft that. I think we've started our entire life with moms, dads, coaches, teachers, preachers gave us this, here's what life is. And we got set off into our world. Erickson talks about the psychosocial theory and what happens around 18 to 21, you have this identity and a role confusion. I know who I am because I was raised this way. Now I go into the world with this identity. I don't really know where I fit. Do I get a job? Do I date someone? This is confusion. And we just go through life the way figuring it out. And we never stop and go, who do I really wanna be in 20, 30 years? Cause we all get to this point where we borrow habits and stuff and we get to an age and it's like midlife crisis, I gotta find myself. And it's because we never at any given time stop and say, well, who am I gonna become? <laughs> we are being someone every day who's become this person today. And I think what happens is when you take a moment and go back and say, okay, who do I really wanna become? You can attach this joy to it. And then I don't think I need that darkness to drive to it. I just need to fall in love with the day instead of the destination. If I know who I'm being every day and my goal is to be this and I fall in love with that process, the destination happens. I become that person. And I think that's where you can actually have more enduring energy. Because what happens, what if I don't wake up angry one day? What if I'm driving from darkness and I get a cool accomplishment and I meet some woman or I meet some man and I feel like, oh, I feel good. And then I'm like, all right, I don't feel like doing anything now. I would lose that drive. But when I operate in joy and my joy comes from the day, even on dark days, right? I just enjoy the process. It's an enduring energy. It becomes that rhythm I was talking about. When I get to that flow and I know who I'm becoming, it's like the cherry on the cake when I do reach
0: that. But I want to get back to baking the cake. I love that. I want to go deeper into these tactics a little later. And I have to admit, this was one situation for me when I started doing a bit of this identity work. More recently, it's almost like I was able to catch myself feeling a little lost. And I love the question of asking, who do I want to be in like 30, 40 years from now? I'd be curious to know, since we have a live audience here with the Mind Valley members, I'd love to know from one to 10, how clear are you on where you want to be in 30 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, but a very long term, I'd love to know one to 10, 10 being your crystal clear, and then from one being completely lost. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, of course, if you want to join the live audience, go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. So you get to learn more. about how to be a member and join these live conversations with video even get a chance to ask your questions live and just think about it mentally one to ten where do you feel you are in the level of clarity i have to say for me right now i'm at an eight but i remember a couple months ago i was maybe at a six When I caught myself, I knew that I was probably focused too much on the fruit. I had forgotten about the tree and I started working with someone to help me get back into that identity process, which brings me to the question of what are core things that people should be aware of and could be doing to realize that I want to take care of the tree. How do I get started? I think
1: the first thing to start is you have to realize what your own
0: scale is, setting your
1: genuine own scale. Because I think the problem is in our world, there's a perspective of, I see these things in front of me all day, every day. And the worst thing we can have is this identity it's crafted by what I see on social, what I don't have, I think I should desire, right? And what happens is people will go the route of creating some great things and they'll present it to the world and say, look what I made. And the world says, yeah, it's okay, but you could have done this. Immediately I met with this, oh, it's not good enough. And I had this, I'm not good enough feeling and it sucks because then where's the energy to create at a bigger level? Then what I found is when my clients come in, I say, look, we're going to pull the world apart, tuck yourself away, create your own scale, ask one person to expand that vision one inch out of comfort zone. So you know that like, if you achieve that, it's great regardless of what the world says. And what I do is I go into the stage, like I start living my life. When I accomplish that and somebody says, oh, but you didn't do X, I go, hey, that's cool. But guess what? I still feel good because I know what I'm trying to accomplish and I have the energy to continue on. And then what I do when we actually go and look at the tree, I say, okay, great. How big and luscious do I want this tree now that I know what it is? And I look at the levers. I've created this model called the ideal identity. There is an ideal identity, a version of us that has all the things we want. If we were already that identity, we'd already have those things. Logic, I'd be in that flow and rhythm, I already have it. So I started looking like what are the kind of core driving pieces? And it's kind of a Venn diagram. I'm not going to go crazy deep into it, but... The big core three circles are beliefs, thoughts, and actions. What are the beliefs of that identity when they wake up in the morning and that person, what do they believe is possible? What do they believe the world should have? What do they believe can be done, right? Because if I don't have the belief at a higher level, why would I even stretch into that at any point in time? Then the thoughts. What are my conscious and subconscious thoughts that I'm actually affirming or creating on a daily basis that lead me to believe it's actually possible from what my core belief is, right? If my mind says one thing, my beliefs are pure, my thoughts say, oh, but... I don't know if you can do that. Well, now I'm in contention internally. So my mindset becomes weak. So between beliefs and thoughts, you have that mindset, gotta align them. Then you have the big actions. I don't mean habits yet. There are big actions that that identity takes. They go out, they make the ask, they create that thing, they launch that thing, or you know, they make the ask like you wanna go on a date, right? That identity takes those actions that scare the crap out of me, they do them. And they look like these amazing humans. Now, also you have between thoughts and actions, your habits. What do I think should be done on a daily basis? Am I doing that thing? And if I don't take those actions in a consistent basis, I won't achieve, I also won't become. So that identity, it kind of floats there. The big one that I really think is important people need to look at when crafting the ideal identity is the area between your beliefs and your actions because there's a belief of what I should do and I'm capable, I got the skills and I'm putting this place for this thing, do I do it? Now, if I don't do it, I know I didn't do it. And I don't have that personal pride. I don't have that sense of, ah, you know? And then it takes me down I'm in the mirror looking at, man, you didn't make that ask. You didn't do that thing and you suck. And I beat myself up. But if I take the action, oh man, do I get that my So I'm like, look at me, I love myself. And what happens is the ego has to come into this space in a positive way that says, my ego will protect my core identity with its actions. What that means is if I believe myself to be a great mom or a great dad or a great coach, I will actually show up in ways, let's say when I was a football player, my positive ego made me eat right, train right, go to film, watch everything, work hard because I wanted to be the great football player. It's not always bad, but my ego protects whatever identity is in there. So if that identity is not one that I want to be, and I don't have the things I want, take a look at yourself and say, hey, am I the person who, when somebody says you could be smart, you can do better, that I protect that and say, no, I don't. I got this. What do you know about me? Or am I saying ego, tuck away for a second. Let's build this identity. They need to be more open, right? Because when you build that identity, the ego protects that one. Even if it's like, you're right. My wife and I, we have arguments. We're human. And part of my ego used to be, I'm good. What are you talking about? I'm great. And now when she tells me about things that I'm doing wrong, my ego goes, ah, my identity is attached to being a good dad. When I'm not being a good dad, I can bring that in and say, you're right, love. Ah, it hurts to accept that, but I'm not being the best dad to my son right now. Let me protect that identity of a good dad with different actions, more patience, more love, more communication. And so as we start thinking about that tree we're talking about, I'm real big on, hey, let's first go back and say, what's that scale? The next, let's take a look at the levers we got to pull to actually see what that tree looks like. And then I can start putting it in the right soil, give it the right nutrients and create that great fruit.
0: That is incredible. And I love how that identity analogy with the ego being the ego is always going to reinforce the current identity, but you kind of need to step away and break into defining a bigger one. And you said you step away and you just take the time to lay it out, build a vision for yourself. Is that really the exercise we should focus on? There's
1: some studies I've come across, which are pretty cool, but it's like the you thing, right? I got this. I can do this. It's different than, hey, you got this. You can do it. What I do is I place myself there and say, all right, if I was to Go forwards and this identity has the car, has the money, has the love, has the health. When that identity wakes up in the morning or it's going through its day, what big actions is that identity taking? What does that person take action on? What are their thoughts? What are the habits they have? And I don't immediately infuse these into my life. This is stuff you put in over time. We have a process where we actually ingrain it into people's lives, rhythm reset technology I have. And the big thing is I take a look and I've got to place my mind as to what that person would be doing because here's what happens you inevitably hit what I call an identity wall. You'll run into something that just, it's not who you are to do it. But the other side of that wall is your success. And I seriously have clients reach out and say, and I'm struggling, I can't do this, it's very difficult. And I say, great, you're shutting down, you're maximizing, yeah, I totally get it. Now, the person who has all the success you want, would they let this shut them down? And they gotta sit with this, right? And then it helps open the mind and say, ah, you're right. And this isn't me saying you got to work hard. This is you saying you want to become that person. It opens up a space they can step into, but it's got to be a separation. Not what would I do? Because whoever I am right now, it doesn't matter. It's what would that identity, that next level me do? And when you start thinking about it, it's like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. So I can not just achieve a goal, but become that human. Because when I become that human, that goal naturally gets achieved in the background.
0: It's really about maximizing that potential of our higher selves. I really think that's what is the core capacity of us as human beings to create greatness in the world is to be able to take that perspective and build something better. But I wanted to also open up this thing, which is even yourself, you had moments where you said arguments. Of course, I have arguments as well. And there's times that my ideal Jason wakes up, meditates, does all these things, and then sometimes I'll slip. And you talked about how you can be hard on yourself, but sometimes it's like when you listen to this podcast and you're like, great, now I go out, I do this exercise of, I know all the behaviors and the actions and the thoughts that I would have as this higher place, but sometimes I slip. Sometimes it's not perfect. I'd love to know what are the methods or things you recommend in the moments that you slip so that you don't go into a downward spiral because I feel like when that starts, it really can go far if you don't know how to manage the emotion. This is human, right? Nobody's perfect. There's always this thought that I've found
1: that the magic is in the motion. It's in the actions. Someone one time told me action ends suffering. So when we're in these moments, I may be suffering and I can stay there if I don't take an action. And I'll endure and keep feeling that. But the moment I take an action, even when my heart doesn't want to emotionally, that's when I can end it. And what I've noticed in this process is really you can fall off track and you're supposed to. That's the thing, Jay, you're supposed to have that happen. When I was in high school, a 15-year-old kid playing sport, when I went out to go lift the weights and run the routes to get better as an athlete, I had people making fun of me. I made mistakes. I had injuries. That happened, right? At the end of the day, here was the beauty of it all. There's kind of two areas that are interesting to grab with this. One is when I went through the process of all this dark work, I could shine in the light and I shine differently. Here's why. I went through this process of creating a strong body. I was catching a football every day, running routes, lifting weights. I was doing this work. And when I came back this next year, one year I came back, Jay, you couldn't take the success from me. Like, this is my football. I'm making that tackle. How dare you think you're taking me to the ground? What do you, do you know what I did for this, right? And I came out of that. I only in hindsight years later now look back and go, oh, I created this guy and that creation was a lot of falling down, like you're talking about, falling off track. It's necessary because here's the thing, when you fall off track and get back on, you have a sense of pride that you can't take this. I've coined the kind of statement that I live by is, what you create, creates you. Because the creation process is long and it's dirty and it's arduous and it sucks and I want to fall away. And what happens, a lot of people leave the creation process before they finish the creation. Because when you've created, it doesn't just create this thing. I am that, right? If Michelangelo made David, he didn't go, I chiseled David like I sculpted something. No, I'm a sculptor, you know? And there's that process. And here's the thing. If you look at the reason we usually stop is because we feel pain. If I try something new, I have a ten of pain and it sucks. And most of us experience the pain. I don't want to subject myself to it again. I walk away. I never take this fresh new lesson that I just learned in this pain and go, ah, oh, it sucks. Let me reapply it. Right? If I bomb on a stage in a speech, the last thing I want to do emotionally is go back on that stage, you know, but that's the moment to do it now, not three months from now, because it's so fresh and I go back and here's the thing, Jay, it's not a 10, but it's a nine and a half. It still hurts a lot. It's like, oh, I could walk away for three months or I can come back and do it now and I do it again. Those who succeed are the ones that go nine and a half, nine, eight, seven, six. They keep going back because what happens is I keep subjecting, I'm creating. And when I get to the bottom, when I get to zero, it's not painless, it's joy. This thing that scared me that I hated, that I was so, oh, I didn't want to do it. I love it. I went from sucking at football, hating all of it to I couldn't wait to get on the field and look at me run. And it doesn't matter if it's your relationship or it's your career, it's your business. When you fall off track, you're not falling off track and that's who you are. You aren't that apple. You're the tree that said, okay, now I know what I got to do a little different. Let me take this amazing lesson, reapply it. I'm not tied to the identity of what this outcome was. I'm tied to am I the person as an identity who continues to keep trying and learning and trying and learning. And when you do, all of a sudden you have this amazing outcome that people go, man, Jay, how'd you do it? And you go, I don't know, I just lived my life, man. And that's the beautiful space. So yeah, you can fall off track, but you're supposed to.
0: That is wonderful. Anthony Trucks, thank you for coming on the show. I think you just lit up a lot of fire, made a lot of people think differently. You're going to have people taking massive actions into looking into their own identities so if you've paid attention to this you're probably ending this with a great smile on your face and a little fire inside your belly and that is great you should use this momentum to really start to apply to things we've learned here you've learned about anthony's great journey and i absolutely love this focus on the tree versus the fruit don't be attached to the fruit the fruits will come and go but the better fruits always come when you work on the tree being clear on the identity, being conscious of your thoughts, and taking these massive actions are really what reinforces the tree to become as strong as it can be. If you're at a place where you're not happy where you look in the mirror, there's always better actions that you can take to make those shifts. And of course, focus on this higher identity that you can build, which will really be able to allow you to step into something you can build and be proud of. Of course, we'll fall along the way we all do. That is part of our human experience. But as Anthony has mentioned, is that there is always something that can be learned, always something that can be improved, and you don't need to attach yourself to the results you have now. Instead, understand that the results that will come, the identity that gets built through reinforced action, is so powerful as you continue on this path. This conversation was amazing. I also want to give permission. If you did that exercise earlier and you were not a 10 when it comes to the clarity of what you want in the long term, that's okay too. It's part of the journey. I forget where I hear this quote, but I know it says that those who are lost means that they have something they want to find. So if you're not in a place of being lost, it means that you're on the right path. If you are feeling lost, know that it just means that you're being nudged into a different direction and you can get clearer by taking the time to define that identity, shift those thoughts and take the right actions. Anthony Trucks, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This was fire. This was insightful and this was a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. So thanks for being here and everybody tuning in. Keep being super humans.